When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Patriots Beat is brought to you by SeatGeek. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated, and they all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone and just used it the other day to look at tickets for the Bruins game that I ended up going to. It was a great game. They won 5-1 to one against the Penguins. SeatGeek has taken out all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. They pull all available tickets online from other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set up alerts for upcoming events and SeatGeek will let you know if ticket prices fall. Listeners of CLNS Radio get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. You have to download the app and then enter the promo code CELTICSBEAT today. Austin Bumpus! Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm that fantastic. Was, that was an aggressive hello. <laughs> That's all I'm well, going to say. You want to talk about things that have been aggressive. How about how many players have been aggressively cut from NFL rosters these past couple days? What about That's a horrible, cut? horrible transition, but we're going to roll with it anyway. I'm, I'll roll with it. I'm okay with that. All it's right. pretty aggressive, I'd say. But So we're recording this on a Thursday. So yesterday being Wednesday, we saw so many people get cut. I mean, yeah, there were what was it? I at least saw Roddy White was a big one. Um, today, Foster and uh Rod- Charles Johnson. Charles Johnson. I almost said Roddy White again. He got cut <laughs> twice. That was an aggressive Double move. cut. Yeah, but there's some big names out there and some big moves are upcoming still. And you already saw with guys like Von Miller and Kirk Cousins getting franchise tag. Anything can Kirk happen. Kirk Cousins just got paid twenty million dollars. Hey, Michigan State reps, I'm wearing my sweatshirt today. Just oh, in God. honor of it. Disgusting. But you know, <laughs> I'm I'm coming at this podcast a little bit sick. I got a nasty little cough, so I'll yeah, try not to. You sound cough. horrible <laughs> as he coughs. <laughs> you Thanks sound for absolutely I sound like death. Disgusting. But speaking of sounding like death, that's another terrible. rough <laughs> that's transition. <laughs> anyway, back to things that actually matter. Yesterday, we also saw two players in the Patriots get cut. We saw Brandon LaFell meet his. Uh, his sad end with the Patriots, and I also you were going to say meet his timely demise. <laughs> and then we also saw who probably one of the biggest free agent disappointments from last year. Scott Chandler gets cut as well after falling to what fourth on the depth chart. That, that this one, year. that one really upsets me. That was one I wasn't really was expecting bad. Chandler to get cut. I was I was personally happy having him on the team um he was a good fit i mean you saw it in the beginning of the year when they were really utilizing those multi-tight end formations at the goal line that was awesome they they just stopped doing them i don't know what happened well didn't someone get hurt i mean gronk after a little bit but not not between gronk and chandler no it was gronk well we did the four tight end set it was uh, the patriots it was gronk chandler michael williams and who was the fourth Who's the fourth uh, they had? I remember Hooman way back. Hooman, yeah, Hooman. He got, he got cut, the first though. Couple weeks. He didn't get cut. He got traded, remember, for Akeem Hicks to the Saints. Oh, that, that, that ended up being is. a great move. That was a great That was a great trade. But either way, you know, so let's look at the guys that just got cut. Obviously, Scott Chandler didn't do too much. But, you know, Brandon LaFell. So let, let's make this very clear. Patriots Nation, you need to respect 
what Brandon LaFell brought to this team. Because if they don't have him in 2014, they just they just don't win the Super Bowl. They was, don't. They don't a, make it to the Super Bowl without Brandon LaFell. He was a big-time player in the Super Bowl, let alone making oh, yeah, it there. Oh, yeah, he was he, so good. I think he caught the first touchdown, right? He did. He did cut pretty the big touchdown. moment. I mean, he he was good on the big stage, and then there were just some of those games, though, that he was just so off. And I know we talked about it with Shalise the other week. His that, foot injury. Yeah, his foot injury. He never was really 100%, I don't think, and it, you could tell it just lingered with him as far as speed, as mm-hmm. far as timing, everything like that. I mean, he was out for the first couple weeks of the season. You could tell all that chemistry was just kind of gone. And yeah. it just took a toll on him. It, it really did. I think it took a lot of, like, you know, emotional toll on him, too. But, you know, he had a really good year for 2014. I mean, he caught 74 balls, almost had 1,000 yards receiving, had seven touchdowns. You know, I, I don't, are you a big Barstool fan? I mean, I, I read them. I'm not gonna say I'm a barstool <laughs> um, fan. One, but. one of their one of their their Patriots guys said that you know Brandon LaFell should be remembered for catching the greatest pass that Tom Brady ever threw. And I told you about uh, that play where I was like Brandon LaFell single coverage on the outside against the Ravens in the divisional round. So you know he without him they don't make the Super Bowl. Without him they definitely don't win the Super Bowl. I think he was a huge part of that team. It's kind of sad to see him go like this, but we now have a clear and obvious idea of what their number one need is going into free agency. Yeah. And Wide receiver. And that's where the Roddy White uh, cut really comes into play. I know they were kind of talking about him with trade rumors way, way back, but that'd be a huge pickup. It's kind of like what I think they thought LaFell would be. I, I mean, he'd be a kind of faster version of Brandon LaFell, but mm-hmm. he's just that tough, like gritty. He's not like an Edelman or Amendola where he's just going to be speedy and taking hits left and right, but he gives that added added like boost and just a deep threat that they really need. So and you know, if you're look I'm I'm looking at the list of wide receivers that are currently available. I mean, it's pretty, pretty weak. I mean, you know, also Jeffrey obviously got franchise tag where we talked about there was no no way that the Patriots were ever gonna end up with him. Would've that been, was such a silly great, dream. But yeah. That was so silly. So Jeffrey's gone. The other free agents, and I'll just do this in order, Travis Benjamin, Marvin Jones, Anquan Bolden, Rashard Matthews, Ruben Randall, James Jones, and, like, Mohamed Sanu. The one out of Jermaine that. Jermaine Curse. The one like, out of that. Jermaine Curse would be nice, but James Jones seems very appealing. I don't want James Jones. I want nothing to do with James Jones. I, would, I mean. He Aaron, doesn't do anything unless he's with the Packers. I was going to say, Aaron Rodgers seems to bring up. It's, I feel like it's like Wes Welker with He couldn't Brady do though. anything with Derek Carr, and he couldn't do anything with Eli Manning. Yeah, Why but, would he do anything with Tom Brady? That's... I know that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing to say. Tom Brady makes everyone. But, but, like, I don't want James Jones. Leave him on the Packers. Tom Brady could make you look like a great wide receiver. My number one target, if you had asked me who would I want, I want Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones is an absolute stud when he's healthy. He's a great receiver. That was one I did talk about, I believe, towards the I think it was when the Bengals got knocked out that I Mm -hmm. knew he was a free agent, and that's one. It would be very nice to see him in New England. He's a great wide receiver, very talented. I think he just got caught in a tough situation with Dalton getting hurt, Mm -hmm. and he was a pretty reliable target for them later on in the season. Tom Curran seems just like obsessed with the idea of them getting Mohamed Sanu. It really seems like they they are, I think they're going to get one of those two Bengals receivers. I really do. Cuz if not Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu is a pretty decent target also. Yeah, but between the two you got to go Marvin Jones well, if yeah. you have the choice. Hey, but hey, Wes Welker is also available. Okay. We no, is he? Yeah, I Wes thought Welker's he was still in St. Louis. No, I thought he was, it was only it was a one-year deal. Dude, what if Wes Welker came back to the Patriots? Oh, he would never. I don't as as good as his I don't know if his relationships all that great, but mm-hmm. 
I, I don't think it would work out. But yeah, I, you know, they have, a, they have a lot of cap room. I think they're sitting at about 17 mil on cap room as we record this podcast before the weekend. Um, so at 17 mil, they have a lot of like leeway to do a lot of like crazy moves. Do you see them making some sort of like big time trade? Like I know we, they never actually made like the trade for Calvin Johnson or the trade for Larry Fitzgerald or the trade for Andre Johnson or the trade for really every other offensive weapon that's ever existed in the NFL. Like everyone thinks they should or wanted to do. But do you? I, it now seems that there's a realistic possibility they could do something like that. I don't think they'll have a huge. And as far as in Patriots Nation, the one trade I could see that would be huge for Patriots Nation rather than the NFL would be Jimmy Garoppolo after the Brady extension. Do you really, I, do you really I, think they're going to trade him? I I had talked about it with a couple buddies the other day, but. I think they could. I think they'll wait a year before doing it. I don't really think they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I think at some point you have to if Brady's locked up as long as he is. But if, but like why? That sounded really bad. It sounded like he was in prison. I mean, what what need do they have to trade him? That well, I mean, one you just extended Brady for I don't what was the official? It's four more years. I think is the official timeline. Um, so there's that. I mean, unless Brady were to get hurt. I think it's safer to keep him. That way, if he does get, like, God forbid, knock on wood, like, everything, like, if he does get hurt, you're left without a decent, not only not a decent backup, but no replacement if it's actually serious. But people said the same thing about Ryan Mallett or Brian Hoyer, where, oh, you got to wait it out just in case something happens. Well, Mallett ended up having attitude problems. He wanted to leave. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing with Hoyer or any of these, or Castle, is that you got to use. I mean, Castle's a bit different. He came in when Brady got hurt and performed well for the Patriots. It didn't really translate well elsewhere. I mean, see Dallas last year. See, um, see the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, see anywhere he went. But I think you got to at least consider it from, like, you don't want to wait too long and just realize Jimmy Garoppolo is a mediocre quarterback. Right now, they view him as a stud. He's a young stud, and a lot of teams need that quarterback need filled. They don't want to work with a guy like Roger or freaking Robert Griffin III. Do you think they that? I mean, the only reason you trade him is to get a better value than what you drafted him at. So they basically will have to get because they drafted him after they won no the year before they won the Super Bowl. So they were what thirtieth because they lost the AFC Championship game. So it'd be either thirty or twenty nine. So you have to get better. It was, also, it was also, I believe, second round. So right? you have to get better than pick sixty-two, or you've officially lost value on the pick. And we all know Bill Belichick doesn't like to lose value. So can they get a first? Can you get a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know if you can NFL get a first today? round. I don't think you can get a first-round pick. Then I think. I think. I think early second round is possible. I, I think if you can't get a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, there's no reason to trade him. Like, was for instance, you know, I, I'll, I know we, you know, it's it's weird to make a hockey kind of. Um, comparison, but here's a That's really good. Upon. Here's a really good hockey comparison. Corey Schneider. Corey Schneider was not going to be traded from the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, from the, the Vancouver Canucks, point. unless they were going to get a first round pick. And guess what? They got the first round pick from the New Jersey Devils. So why trade him if you're not going to get a first round pick? But I feel like if you wait too long and he's just sitting, I get that. Obviously, he'll get better. Just sitting under Brady for however oh, you're saying long. Trade him now while he might still be worth a first round pick. Yeah, oh. I'm saying his value will eventually, I think, go down as his age increases. I mean, it might go up depending on how you look at it with how he's under Brady and he's learning for a couple of years at that point rather than, what is it, two years at this point? Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously, I think it would have helped. This is really, really weird to say, but it would have helped if Brady did get suspended <laughs> in this whole situation because then Garoppolo would have got the chance to play. We would have seen how he would have done and gone from there. But, I mean, I personally think, 
it's worth considering. I'm not going to say they're going to do it. I think it would be the only trade I could see them doing, though. Well, to actually chime in a little bit on this uh, uh, on this topic, we'll bring in the Boston Globe sports editor, Matt Pepin, to help us kind of sort through these Garoppolo and wide receiver issues. Matt, how Grapp- are you doing Grapple today? with the Garoppolo issues. Well, well said. Matt, how are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, it sounds uh, pretty, uh, pretty scratchy there, but I guess I can hear you. Yeah, sorry, I've, uh, I'm I'm a little sick myself, so gotta gotta keep the voice going. <laughs> so one thing that um we actually talked about in the show was um you know let's say Tom Brady does uh like does end up getting suspended, they have those four games that he will be gone, and Jimmy Grappler will obviously have to come in. Now we just saw Tom Brady sign that new uh, contract extension, or it's coming down the line. So hypothetically speaking, um. What do you think the Patriots should do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because obviously he's he's now signed through the same amount of time that Tom Brady is. So what do they do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Do they trade him? Do they keep him? What do you think they should do? Yeah, I think they should keep him for at least a year because uh, you know you've already groomed this guy to uh, to fit the system and to be you know potentially the the sort of successor in waiting. So and it, and it really doesn't cost him a whole lot to hang on to him for another year. You know, and with this draft not being awesome in in uh, quarterbacks, I would I would say it doesn't hurt them at all. And then you know, I could see after this season, um, you know, certainly putting him on the trading block and seeing what you could get for him. You know, I think you'd I think in this case you'd probably actually get more than they got for Ryan Mallett, which I think was only a seventh round pick. Right. And I think in this instance, you know, if he if he's a second round pick, we've seen the Patriots like try to get a lot of value out of draft picks. I think if you don't have him, like if you can't get a first round pick for him, I don't really see the point of trading him. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think so either. I mean, you know, in the in the games, you know, in the preseason last year, he was good. Admittedly, that's preseason, you know, and you know, you know, put too much stock into that. But it seems like you know he has a grasp of this offense. I think he's a smarter quarterback than Ryan Mallett was. So, Definitely. you know, I could see them. I could see them. Um, you know, being content to to sit. Pat. I mean, what would you rather have happen if if Brady suspended or if. Uh, Brady gets hurt, you know, would you rather have Garoppolo in there or would you rather have some rookie that you're already, you know, grooming all over again or, you know, some street free agent or someone else's cast off, you know, not a whole lot of great quarterbacks out there. So to have a guy that you've already worked with for a couple of years waiting in the wings is uh, really kind of a kind of a position of strength for the Patriots. Right. And what's what's kind of scary is that if you think, you know, if he goes through his entire rookie contract, you know, we're we're seeing. We just saw Kirk Cousins get twenty million dollars a year. Brock Osweiler is probably going to get between sixteen and eighteen mil himself. So, you know, if he ever enters the free market, who knows what the salary cap is going to be then? But you know, if he doesn't end, end up getting any starting time, it'd be kind of interesting to see how much money he get, he could get on the open market. There's no question. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, quarterbacks are such a commodity that um, you know you really have to. Uh, you have to value that position. It's it's really unbelievable when you look at the you know the difference in the good teams and the bad teams in the NFL. I mean, it almost always falls based on who has quarterbacks. So um, you know, I can see I can see Garoppolo uh, cashing in once he does hit the market. But for now, you know, he certainly is a, a more valuable asset to the Patriots than uh, than than a lot of other players they have on you know the roster, which will be expanded once the new new year starts and they can start increasing. You know, as they begin to prepare for next year. Mm-hmm, correct. So, um, moving on, last topic before we uh, let you go. We saw yesterday the Patriots cut. I guess I'll, I'll call him a 2014 playoff hero, Brandon LaFell, and they also cut uh, 2015 free agent disappointment Scott Chandler, clearing up about f- five to six mil in cap room. 
this makes it very clear. Wide receiver is now the Patriots' number one need for for the offseason. Do you have anyone an idea that you think that they'll target, or do you think they'll look to rebuild in the draft? Well, I think that, um, you know, I think the draft is a good uh, starting place. You know, I don't think there's um, – I don't think there's a ton of, uh, you know, great receiver free agents out there. So I think that, uh, I think that you know, looking at the draft, you know, one guy I've, I've been kind of high on, and I know he ended, he ended the season in the doghouse with the Patriots because he, because he um, botched a punt. But uh, Chris Harris had a great uh, preseason last year. And I know it's only preseason, but I think that as a, as a rookie coming in, you know, he's got a year of experience under his belt. I think that he could be the kind of guy who, you know, comes along. There's there's definitely a learning curve in the NFL, and uh, I think the Patriots are very aware of that. It's why they park guys like that on the practice squad and, you know, keep them hanging around. So, you know, between his potential development, uh, I think that's, a, that's an important part of it, and I think that, you know, they'll see what's available. You know, there's a lot of pro days coming up, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see who the Patriots are looking at, you know, keep your eye on uh, which pro days Belichick and other Patriots people show up at. And uh, I think that'll give you a, a good indication of which way they're leaning. You know, with a lot of uh, late round kind of, uh, you know, wide receivers out there, especially since the Patriots haven't selected a, uh, a top flight wide receiver in the first round. I don't die in, at least not in my lifetime. So, you know, with the second, third round picks, that's usually where they draft them anyways. But Matt Pepin, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Patriots Bean. I uh, hope you have a great rest of the day. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt. See ya. Well, some nice insight there from the Boston Globe sports editor, Matt Pepin. Thanks to him again for joining us on this episode of Patriots Beat. But back to what we were talking about before. You know, this whole Jimmy Garoppolo, like, should they trade him, should they not? As long as Aaron Rodgers continues to succeed in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo will have value. Because it's the value of, oh, he backed up a legend. He's going to be a legend also. That, and that's also what they're looking at. This is obviously not the Patriots, but with Romo, that's the big thing with Jerry Jones. Is Especially that with how good Brock Osweiler was. That that too. You you just need I, – like I see where you're coming from, that it's definitely worth it to keep him around and he will have value. And I think it, it would be – I guess now that you bring that up, it would be kind of weird to trade Garoppolo now, but – I still think that value is still there, but it's I, definitely one of those situations like a rock, or Favre Rogers or Manning Osweiler, or even if Romo, if they draft a quarterback this year, you'll see him do it. He'll so, probably get hurt for So Brady's weeks. now signed through all of Garoppolo's first contract, right? Uh, I think a little more, technically. So if, if so if it's like a year more, like when Jimmy Garoppolo's a free agent, like do they re-sign him? Well, I mean, that's that's the challenge. Like, so let's say, so like, let's play this out. If they keep Jimmy Garoppolo, like through Brady's contract, and then his contract comes up, what do you do? Because that that's what the Broncos are currently facing. Like, oh, Manning hasn't officially retired yet. I I heard first of all, I heard they officially moved on from Manning. Uh, really? So yeah. I- second, because they're not making him do a mandatory physical or anything. They're just uh-huh. I think done. But and they offered Osweiler a contract. They did. I did. Um. But if you go, are you saying, is your question between Brady, older Brady and young Garoppolo? If you're coming down to it, and what Brady is one, one year left on his contract, Jimmy Garoppolo is now a free agent. What do you do? I, okay. Brady's 41, 42, 41 or 42. First of all, this is four, what is this, four years out at this point? Yeah, so 2019. 
So, first of all, you never know where Brady will be talent-wise. He could be still chugging along and say, I have three more years in me at a peak level, or he could say, I'm done. And He might not even finish out this contract. True. Who knows? But um, no I guess hy- hypothetically, if Brady and if it was between those two, I mean, it really depends on where Brady's at. Um, I think by that point, there'll be stronger QBs out there that you could probably make some de- – I mean, you don't know where this team's – State will be in the next couple of years. I right. think there might be a stronger QB that they'll know Brady's on his way out and want to go and make a move and maybe draft someone in the first or second round that could take over instead of Garoppolo. I think they would, I, it'd have to be a first round now that I think about it rather than picking Garoppolo. I, I, I think if you're what, – well, what they could do, because, like, you know, they, we can't obviously predict what kind of money – these guys are gonna get so if like Garoppolo doesn't start for any like any period of time at all. Brady stays healthy. He goes in as a free agent. Like you have to think like what kind of contract would Jimmy Garoppolo get on the free agent market? Because he probably wouldn't get twenty million dollars like Cousins because Cousins played a full season. Oswald is gonna get probably sixteen to eighteen million despite him not starting a full season. So if Garoppolo doesn't start a game, like it's gonna be hard for a team to get to like justify giving him a huge contract. So I think that helps the Patriots if anything. It's one of those things that, like, it's it's such a unique situation. The only other time I could think about it happening was Aaron Rodgers, but they never came into a problem with him when it came to contracts. Yeah, because, I mean, I think you view this Garoppolo situation more as a Rodgers situation rather than Cousins or um, Osweiler, because as long, knock on wood, again, as long as everything stays as it is, Garoppolo is not going to start any regular season games or anything like that. Osweiler, I mean, he had his chance to prove himself, prove that he's worth the money in a big-time team. You look at Cousins, performed well with the Redskins of all teams, but Rodgers was just groomed up like Garoppolo is getting groomed up. And I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the next Aaron Rodgers or anything. I just, like, it's tough to see his value, and I think you would still, it wouldn't be a huge contract or anything after Brady's contract runs up. Right. So, like, it's different than trying to pay Kirk Cousins or Brock Osweiler however much they're trying to give them than trying to just keep Garoppolo. I, I just think it's hard to justify trading a guy that you draft in the second round. That, like, when when they draft him, like, there, there's no mystery behind why they drafted him. Well, they wait. drafted him to eventually replace Brady. What, what, first of all, what round did they draft? I'm going to look Second it up. round pick. I'm you, saying, no, I'm saying for, like, guys like, what, Ryan Mallett. Mallett was a th- Third round pick. Third round, okay. What Hoyer about Hoyer was like a seventh round, if not yeah, undrafted. Hoy- Hoyer was. Kevin O'Connell was undrafted. Let's not talk about Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, uh, Hoyer was undrafted. But, yeah. I mean, you look at it, I personally don't think that's too big of a risk with a second rounder. I mean, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady combined could probably make a sixth rounder the next Tom Brady that's if they true. really wanted to. So. I don't think you have to focus solely on what round they drafted Garoppolo in. I think other teams might focus on that, and that's where I'm saying that his worth might be good now because it's a second-round draft pick mm-hmm. that's learned under Tom Brady that a lot of these teams need a solid quarterback. You look at a team like the Cleveland Browns, probably going to draft a quarterback anyway, but um, you just look at teams like that that really need a quarterback, a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. rather than. I mean, Garoppolo's got, got some wheels to him, but... Teams that don't want to commit to a guy like um, RG3 or anything like that. So there's still That's some value there. A Johnny Manziel. So oh, let, uh, let's move on from that. <laughs> well, speaking of moving on, one thing I do want to talk about that's actually going on today. I know we all hate talking about it, but, you know, it's it's back. Deflategate 
is back in I'm the shaking news again. My head. You can't hear it as as the Tom Brady versus NFL, I guess, lawsuit continues. The appeal today, because the NFL, despite losing initially, has appealed their own loss. So now they're kind of just being, you know, and the money, a bit the money they've wasted on this. I'm not gonna say what wasted. Was it, was it like twenty million? It's something, something crazy like that. The amount of money that that's gone into this investigation, lawsuit, whatever, the legal fees and everything like that is just absurd. For some of the other stuff that goes on and just gets either not swept under the rug, but like they invest so much less time and money into bigger problems. So it, it's just weird. But yeah, you know, today we'll see. So. If, so let's just go over what happens. So if Tom Brady wins the appeal, then nothing happens. It's over. The NFL's officially lost the Flategate. We can put it to rest as it not being a legitimate scandal. It's over. I mean, I think it, it, as far as a scandal, as far it was probably as, as far as like the Patriots, but as far as something Patri- happened, as far as the Patriots cheating, it's over. Like, as far as Tom it, Brady cheating, fine. As far as to Tom play Brady. the devil's advocate here, fair. As far as Tom Brady being involved with Deflategate, it's over. Tom Brady can no longer be, you know, say he's a cheater. Tom Brady didn't do anything. He won in court. He won twice in court. It'd be over. But if the if the NFL wins, we are in for one of the biggest calamities over the next three months, I think, that we will ever see in sports. If the NFL wins and Tom Brady's suspension gets reinstated for next season. So he'll miss the first four games of next season. We don't know what games those are going to be yet. No, they haven't they haven't, they they haven't announced any timing yet. So no Tom Brady for the first four games of the year. In a big schedule. In a big, big, a big schedule. schedule. So now McCann Sports Law, who's a big guy on Twitter, says that it's very likely that Tom Brady will win. I can't really see a universe where Tom Brady doesn't win. I just saw it on Twitter as well that Ben Volan said he has a strong case, but it's not exactly a slam dunk, as Volan said. But it's it's one of those things. I'm not going to say it could go either way, but, I mean, there's still that slight chance that the NFL pulls something out. So, I mean, yeah. again, playing devil's advocate. Yeah, of course, of course. I, I just think that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny that, like, you know, everyone kind of forgot about this, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, this is, like, happening tomorrow. Yeah, it's a little it, weird that like this has been pretty quiet. But also another thing that's kind of astonishing. I don't know if you read this today. Did you read what the NFL's like global editor or the ESPN's global editor wrote about ESPN? He said that the network needs to start being more honest about the Patriots scandals and like how like journalistically it's incorrect. It was a fantastic article. It was really really good. It was really interesting. So starting to see like people are starting to come around a little bit on this. Well. That's kind of a weird th- to say, like, be on- I feel like ESPN's too honest, but more with their opinions rather than, like... Well, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, like, you know... Um, not uh, to bash ESPN or anything like no, that. No, it but- was... Um, uh, who was it? I think it was Rich Hill who um, commented. He's like, he's like, we don't have any biased things. Let's go to our Steelers, Jets, and Ravens players to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, and I don't think now that I look at it, I don't think they have Teddy Bruschi ever comment. I mean, unless I think well, they had him comment on Deflate Gate, yeah, because they had to. That was twenty four seven. He's their coverage. official Patriots spokesman. Yeah, which I mean, that's just kind of that they never have guys. They'll have Bruschi comment on like Jets games. Yeah, and like I don't know what you're looking for out of there. He's probably <laughs> going to go against the Jets, but it's the same thing for half of these guys. That's just a weird concept to me. It's it's a very strange concept. I think that you know ESPN. As a whole, we've kind of seen like 
their true colors over these past couple of months. And, you know, especially with this this whole Aaron Andrews thing is, like, getting a little crazy, too. I, I haven't looked too much into that. That is – it's kind of a weird situation to me. And that I just see new stuff every day that I saw something that one of the witnesses was showing the video to his friends. Oh, that night, whole So, thing. like, they had to delay the trial and – so it's a weird situation. Very it, weird. That's just how sports is at this point. The Very sports weird. world is Wally weird. world. <laughs> I don't know why I said Wally world. <laughs> anyway, back back to football. Let's let's go back to the Patriots free agency stuff because we talked about their wide receivers. Let's get into their tight ends. So obviously, no more Scott Chandler. He's gone. They don't really have a number two tight end behind Gronkowski. In fact, they don't have really anybody behind Gronkowski yeah. besides Michael Williams whose job is to block. Yeah, basically a lineman that can sometimes catch so, a ball. You might as well put Nate Solder back there. Okay, so here are our top <laughs> our top options at tight end. We have Antonio Gates, Ladarius Green, Dwayne Allen, Vernon Davis, Kobe Fleener, Bumpin' Benny Watson, Bumpin and Benny Zach Watson. Miller. Main and then Jared Cook, but I, I can't really see a, a universe where they get Jared Cook. Yeah, the the one like star name that sticks out that everyone will realize is Antonio Gates. I don't think that's a great fit. The you, one that really do you who be... smells like a good fit to me smells like a good fit. Yeah, what joke are you about to make? There's no joke here. I just said smells like that's a, good a fit. weird. That's a weird thing to say. Dwayne Allen. No, if you, if you had to pick me, and you if you pointed to this list of tight ends and said which tight end is most Belichickian to you, it's definitely Dwayne Allen. Are you are you basing that off his press conferences? No, I'm basing that off of just like what I know Bill Belichick likes in players, and Bill Belichick what Bill Belichick likes in players is versatility, yeah. and Dwayne Allen is probably out of those tight ends the most versatile. He can block in the pass game and in the run game. He can catch out of the backfield. He can play special teams. He's a very very good tight end. His only problem is that he can't stay healthy. His problem is staying on the field. But I think they're willing to take the risk. I think you can give Dwayne Allen like a three-year, $18 million deal. It's like $6 million a year. That's nothing. Good math. Thank good, you. Good math skills. And I think he fits right in. He's a perfect number two tight end behind Gronkowski. It allows Gronk to not have to block as much and not be on the field that much to you know avoid him getting hurt. And I just think that the rest of these guys are way too, like, they're just way too one-dimensional. Antonio Gates doesn't block. Ladarius Green doesn't block. Vernon Davis and Kobe Fleener, they don't block either. Ben Watson blocks. He's 35 years old. Zach Miller just got good last year. Mercedes Lewis is a blob. So <laughs> It's a blob. So, you know, Dwayne Allen out of that whole list is really their only option. The tight end class this year is for drafting is so bad. It's horrible. It's like the weakest tight end class like in like the past ten years, it's horrible. I I was gonna say out of that entire list, I would say Ladarius Green personally. Really? Yeah, he's the best out of this list. That, yeah. But I don't think he's the one the Patriots will go after. He'll get a huge contract from somebody. I I was personally hoping for the Patriots to pick him up. Um, he's just a good young talent. The only other name out of that list that would fit well, and we've seen it before, is Ben Watson. Bumping Benny, Benny Watson. Bumping Benny Watson. Watson. But like you said, what, 35 years old at this point? And a little bit old. Yeah. A little I past think the Saints prime, will want him back anyway. He's a he's still a solid player, and I wouldn't be surprised if he returns to the Patriots, but I just don't see it as the perfect fit. It would be a good fit, but 
personally, I would just be more excited with a Ladarius Green type coming to coming to New England and performing well as a backup. I think he would fit well as a backup rather than a starter. I think as good as Ladarius Green is, I think one he's gonna get he's gonna get some huge he's gonna get a big time contract from some team. He reminds I, me the only thing that he reminds me of is Julius Thomas. Yeah. But I mean Julius Thomas is in a tough situation in Jacksonville. But just think of like think of the contracts that tight ends have gotten over the past couple of years. Jared Cook that got that crazy deal with the Rams before he went down. We had um Julius Thomas, like you said, with the Jaguars last year. Charles Clay's deal with the Bills was humongous. Um Delaney Walker's deal with the Titans is pretty huge too. I mean so, Gronk. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham's huge deal he signed yeah. that forced him to get traded because it was so big. So you know, if you're going to tell me like who on this list is going to get that next contract, it's Ladarius Green. Yeah, but I think all those names that you listed off, I mean, I, Jimmy Graham, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. He's in a very new system. He went from a guy like Drew Brees who will just sit in the pocket and pass him the ball all day to a guy like Russell Wilson who will use everything, whether it's running uh, the actual running backs, him running himself, or wide receivers, tight ends, or anything like that. If you looked at Jimmy Graham in New Orleans, that's he was the guy. Um, but a lot of those guys you look at, they kind of struggled in their new spots that they're getting paid to not really do <laughs> Julius a lot. Thomas just got fat. <laughs> Julius <laughs> Thomas got fat. Like, Julius <laughs> Thomas has talent around. Blake Bortles is a talented quarterback. Yeah. And if Gunslinger. It, it just didn't really transition well. And I think Ladarius Green might be that same situation if he were to get a starting role. I think he would thrive in a backup role in New England, especially with Tom Brady passing him the ball. I, I think I – think- that's that's why I think Dwayne Allen's a perfect fit. Because to me, he totally seems like that kind of Jabal sheared, underused kind of player that like the Patriots could really get a lot out of. Because that's what like like as as like you know Michael Huminawanui wasn't a great tight end, but at the same time he brought a lot to the table, a lot of things that they really enjoy. They really like tight ends that can block. They like tight ends that can catch. They like tight ends that can help on special teams. I think Dwayne Allen is that is he's such a Patriot player, and he was on the Colts. The Colts chose to go with Kobe Fleener over him and go uh, a higher, more passing attack that obviously didn't end up working because Andrew Luck went down. But I I just think Dwayne Allen's a perfect fit. I don't think it has to be a tight end that can do both though. I know you're like all about that idea that oh they can block Isn't and it, catch. I think in a backup role, it doesn't have to be like that. Scott Chandler was supposed to be able to do both. And how did that work out? Yeah, because he's just not good. Scott Chandler was good in the early oh, part no, of the no. season. He was okay because no one would cover him. He'd get covered by, like, the third backup safety. Either way. Okay, well, I'm we just We saw saying, what happened against the Broncos when he eventually had to get matched up against a decent safety. I'm he just got obliterated. I'm just saying it would be... Fine if they were to, I'd say, take one that one that can block or one that can catch. It doesn't have to be both. And you have Gronk as the number one that can do both, and he'll fit that role. I mean, granted, Gronk has to stay healthy for himself to do that, but I think you don't have to focus on, oh, it's obviously ideal and it's a great situation, but it doesn't have to be a versatile, like, I can do both type of tight end. What if, what if they just, like, came out of nowhere and signed Antonio Gates? I don't think that would be. I don't think that would be a good fit. That'd like be one last Super Bowl. That'd be such a Coltsy move. Yeah, that that would be. It would be cool five years ago. I'd say, but I think Antonio Gates is just one of those kind of like Ben Watson. That, like I said, yeah, it'd be cool five years ago. It'd be a decent fit, but really it just cool wouldn't work out.
So another option that I think is also worth looking at is someone like a Kobe Fleener, who's just a pass catcher. Like Kobe Fleener, he's basically he's basically like an uh, Aaron Hernandez light. You know he's, who? You know who? Not we a could murderer. Get. Yeah, we could get Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> <I> mean, that'd <laughs> be snatch him that'd out of prison. Ice. Think about not to bring up the negative, but think about how solid that. Think about this uh, f- this offense. If Aaron with, Hernandez with didn't Aaron, kill three people. With Aaron Hernandez as the backup of... Uh, Edelman, Amendola, Dion Lewis, Rob, Gronk Hernandez, Tom Brady. Yeah, that would be what? insane. You would you, be set for life. You're done. But now he's, I guess, set for life. So uh, it all works. Ah, I got jokes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got jokes. I'm funny. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was quite cheeky. I like that. Hold Thank on, you. I'm dying. Say something. I'm dying. Oh, I, okay. I'm not gonna say that. But, but as far as Kobe Fleener, I mean, I, like it'd be a good fit. But I think you don't want two guys like a Gronk or a Fleener that can go out and catch the ball. I think you. Yeah, that's true. I I wouldn't mind just having a good blocking tight end, as good as like Darius Green is. Well, they have the blocking tight end. They have Michael Williams. <laughs> I mean, that's like all block. That's like I said, it's basically Fine. a lineman. He's, he's a tight you need end someone that can actually. Tackle. You need someone that can actually go out there and catch. Like I know we were just talking like, oh, the versatile thing, and that's kind of me contradicting myself. But at least be able to go out there and catch and have some speed, but mainly block or do one or the other. But Michael Williams is not that type of guy. No, Michael Williams is not that Mike kind Williams of guy. Michael Williams is Didn't a sixth grade. He, he caught a couple balls this year just for... Uh, I'm going to... For the sake of this argument, I'm going to get... Geez. Yeah. But, the, but no, it's just like there are a couple... Like there are one or two good tight ends in this year's draft. I think the big one is this guy from Arkansas. His name's Hunter Henry. I've actually heard this guy's name for. He's he's pretty good, but like... The, the Patriots aren't going to draft Hunter Henry tight end out of Arkansas. Yeah. Right. Also, just to not to go back, but it lists Michael Williams as a tackle. What? On on Roto World. Really? Yeah. That's that's kind of Michael Williams tackle number eighty five. Check ESPN though. Do, do you know what's really funny? There's a player this year, uh, Nick Vanett on Ohio State, that they're like comparing to Gronkowski. They said like that's his pro comp is Rob Gronkowski. ESPN has him as a tight end. Also, there you go. Um, another thing that, I mean, not on the topic of tight ends, but is that idea of another Gronkowski joining the mix. Good old, good old Glenn Gronkowski. Oh, Glenn Gronkowski. Everyone's talking about it and the whole thing with that party cruise and everything. That'd be a pretty cool fit, I think. I don't, it obviously wouldn't be a tight end. Maybe you can train him to be tight end. But what happens, what do you do with James Devlin? If you bring in Glenn Gronkowski... You're basically saying, hey, we're going to put you in the James Devlin position. You're going to be our fullback. You're going to be our bruiser. I think that'd be different because Devlin's the same Devlin's, player. They're the same. I think People Gronk, need to stop beating around the bush. I think Glenn, Glenn Gronkowski is a fullback. He's too small to play tight end. He's too big to play running back. He's a fullback. I think Glenn Gronkowski can actually run, though, and I well, think he he's, has. He's a talented fullback. Yeah, and that's He's like thing. Marcel Reese. And. Devlin is more of a just brute, just blocker. Like, he's a great lead blocker, and I think Glenn Gronkowski would be a bit, I guess, more versatile out of that spot. He'll be able to go catch the ball or run the ball, find some good holes, and block all at the same time. I think he'd be a great fit, and I think you probably could get rid of Devlin at that point, as good as Devlin is. I think that'd be an okay spot to get rid of him for a guy like Glenn Gronkowski, who seems like a 
he's in a good spot mentally. He wasn't on that party cruise or anything. He's handling no, the media he, well. He, he's like, they're like, why aren't you like on the cruise? And he's like, I'm here. Why yeah. would I be on the cruise? Yeah, and it sounds like it sounds weird for a Gronkowski brother to be normal. Well, I all guess. the all the Gronkowski brothers are like good people. I think Rob is like, I think Rob out of all of them is the crazy one. There's, I forget what which one it is, but there's another brother that's I think crazier than Rob. I think Rob just seems crazy. Is it the one that went to Maryland? <laughs> Something like I forget which one it is, but one of like Rob just seems crazy because he's in the media spotlight all the time. Now he's getting investigated for. Um, for the party cruise and the gambling thing and everything like that. But I think he just gets a bad rep because of all the media attention. I think one of at least one of his brothers has to be worse. Yeah. I mean, I'm still surprised that like, you know, not I'm not surprised that the Patriots offensive weapons are where they are, but it seems that every single year they kind of like do this big reset where they kind of reset their offensive weapons. Like the year they they got rid of Wes and Randy Moss to kind of go more towards the tight end. Then a couple years ago, they had to get rid of, um, or like Latin, who was it? Uh, who was it the year before the Super Bowl they got rid of? At wide receiver? Yeah. There was Brandon Lloyd. Yeah, they got rid of Brandon one. Lloyd. Uh, uh, who else was it? Oh, they got rid of, they got rid of like two people, right? It was like, because there's this article I was reading on ESPN this morning that was like, after, whenever the Patriots lose to Peyton Manning, they like reset their offensive weapons. The one thing that's crazy about all that. That people don't really realize. There's a lot of teams that say, oh, we're in a rebuilding year. Oh, anything like that. The Patriots are so good at rebuilding in an offseason. Rebuilding a on the sing- fly. Yeah, a single offseason. They could rebuild within like a month span if they really wanted to. Just building up chemistry with different wide receivers. And like it always works. You've seen it for the last, what is it at this point, 15 years mm-hmm. that they'll get rid of guys like Wes Welker and Randy Moss and everyone will panic and. It'll be fine within three months. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally like confident with them that like they're gonna figure this out. But like I'm just looking at the amount of players that have been cut. So this is March third, and these are like the MVPs that have, like not MVPs that have been cut, but these are some of the big time players: Roddy White, Justin Durant, Daryl Smith, Mario Williams, Charles Johnson, Randy Starks, Joyke Bell, Arian Foster, Jonathan Newsom, Chris Long. Uh, Brandon LaFell, Jari Evans, who's someone uh, I really want, Jeff Schwartz, Cromarty, D'Amico Ryans, and, like, that's it. How, how would a guy like Antonio Cromarty look with the Patriots? That would be crazy. I would, Imagine Antonio Cromarty on the Pats. I would love it, but. He would need an advance just to make his child payments. Jesus. No, like, I'm way serious. To, way he, to bring the kids He had it. to. He had to. Like, apparently when he signed his last contract with the Jets, he needed, like, a five hundred grand advance because he couldn't pay his child payments. All, all the outside stuff aside, he's a talented player. I think he'd be a great fit. He'd be kind of like a browner type, a faster browner, I'd say. A faster browner? I yeah. mean, they, they, they're fine at corner because, like, they, well, they, they'll do their usual restocking because they have their yeah. top three. They have Butler. They have Ryan. They have Justin Coleman. They, Justin, uh, if you're saying Justin Coleman is a top three corner on a team, something's wrong. I think there. he's a good nickel corner. I think he matches up really well with. with There's sometimes though this, this season that he just got beat pretty bad. Well, I, they're and, gonna need a Leonard Johnson. They're gonna need like a fourth and fifth guys. Usually they'll just draft those or pick some guys out for the bottom of the. But I'm saying with that there. cap room, you could pick up a guy like Cromarty and. Like, he'll know, obviously, from his time in the Jets and everything like that, this is a team that can slash, like, has a very, very good chance of winning another Super Bowl. And to my knowledge, he does not have one. 
So that would be a perfect selling point. I think he might. I don't know if he'd take a pay cut, like you said, with his kid's situation. But <laughs> I think it it could be possible if they really wanted to pull it off and get another solid corner and really stack up that defense like they had with Revis and uh, Brown. It would be the equivalent, not to say Malcolm Butler is equal to Darrell Revis, but it'd no. be like a Revis-Browner situation well, with a nice balance. Um, speaking of Malcolm Butler, this is the Patriots beat officially wishing him a very happy birthday. A very belated happy birthday. Yeah, a very birthday. belated happy birthday. So this is our chance to wish him happy birthday, and we do wish him. He's turning 24, uh, looking 23? it up. Looking it up. I'm the statistician here. He's like 26. <laughs> what? He's turning 26? Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, they're going to get he's him. He's in, in his prime. He's yeah, in his prime. Yeah, he, he, he kind of The prime of that, his life. That 22 to 24 like, yeah. area that you like to see with youngsters, but they're just going to get him right in his prime. So – you know it's really scary to think about? Like, as young as the Patriots' defense is, like, a lot of their players are, like, completely in their primes with not a very promising backup behind them. Like, you have Gronk, who doesn't really have anyone behind him. Brady, I guess, has Garoppolo. We still have no idea. Um, McCourty doesn't have anyone behind him. He's in his prime. The two uh, linebackers are in their prime for linebackers because linebackers usually don't pass till like, 31, 32 anyway. So... All these guys are in their prime, but they don't have a lot of backups. I'm okay with that, though, because a lot of these guys are still very, very young. Like, they're very talented. At very You look at Collins and all these guys. Like, they don't really need, as long as they still stay healthy, like, they'll be with the team, hopefully, for a longer amount of time. Mm-hmm. Brady is the one questionable one out of that group that we don't know how much longer he has in this right. league. He'll, he can say all he wants, say he wants to play for 10 more years. You don't really know until it happens, so... That's the one kind of questionable one with that. But I think it's fine not having really any, like, prominent backups as long as you have some depth that can come in if necessary like they did this year. So, I, I One thing I do think, though, that, like, you no, know, they've with the $17 million they now have in cap room, with cutting Scott Chandler, cutting Brandon LaFell, and they'll probably have a couple more guys on the way too, maybe a Marcus Cannon, maybe a Sebastian Vollmer, you know, who turns 32 in March or, I guess, later in the month. Um I think, you know, we're going to start to see those extensions we talked about in our last episode. I think we're going to start seeing those come more to the forefront. I think you're going to see the high tower extension first. I think he's the first guy. We we debated that a couple weeks. Well, no, not not who's going to do it. I'm saying high tower is going to be the first one. I know. I think they're going to high tower. They don't need Collins yet this offseason since he has one more year. They all have one more year. They all. Have one if more you year, think about right. it, I mean, if you're going by that logic, who cares? Well, I thought Collins. Oh, that was. I thought Collins was on like a five-year deal when he signed. Uh, Collins is—they're all entering their contract year. Okay, so they, got, they, oh yeah, it was, it was High Tower and Jones that got the five-year deals. Jones is also entering. They're all entering their contract year. Right. Okay. High Tower, so cool. Jones, Collins, Butler, and anyone else you want to add to that mix? Yeah. So they have a bunch of guys, and with 17 million cap room, I mean that's a lot of wiggle room. I think I, mean, I think this is the time to do that. I think they're doing very well. I mean, no one. I, I'm not going to say no one. I'm sure there were some people that are like cut Brandon LaFell or anything like that, but no one really expected them to make those moves, I guess, as quickly as they well, did. The, the, yeah, I think that was it because they mentioned, I think it was, um, uh, who was it? I think it was uh, the guy from ProJo, um, Mark Daniels. Mark Daniels was the one yesterday from the Providence Journal who mentioned that like the, the Patriots would have like gained the same amount of cap money if they kept him and cut him in August. Yeah, I mean, so it's clear that like they want to make some they, sort of move in free agency. Yeah, they, I don't know if it's that or they just really want to kind of like 
reset. Narrow, yeah, really either that, reset this whole wide receiver group, or just realize that this defense is very talented. This defense is going to be the strong point of this team. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of years you see uh, kind of a Denver Broncos situation where Brady might not have that same zing to the ball, but that defense is going to keep them in games. And, I mean, you kind of already saw it in some of the situations this year, but they realize what's going on. They're cutting guys like LaFell and Chandler that you might not have cut otherwise, but they realize now is the time to sign these guys. You don't wait a year for a guy like Chandler Jones is the one we've, again, we've talked about this way too much, but Chandler Jones is that one that I'd be okay cutting and fine, but you got to sign Hightower, Collins, and Butler and just keep them with the team for, I'd say, five more years. Yeah, I'd say five more years each. But I don't know yeah. financially if that's how it's gonna work. Oh wow! And here's here's a fun thing that just came off my across my Twitter feed. <coughs> Excuse me, Rob Gronkowski will host the television show this year. On yeah, I I saw that uh, last night, and that that's just typical Rob Crash Gronkowski. Leads. I feel like he's he's so much fun. Yeah. Cam Newton's gonna host the show called All In. It's gonna, it's gonna Nickel- I might have to go watch some more Nickelodeon. I might have to go revisit my uh, <laughs> my childhood here. They're part of Nickelodeon's quote: "Shift away from animation and to in shift away from a heavy emphasis in animation to different formats, including a focus on real kids in hopes of increased ratings." Real kids, is real people. Gronkowski Yay. and Cam Newton. Television with real people. What a, what a surprise! But that's all the time we have for you. We're gonna end on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have for you this week on Patriots Beat. We'll be back with you guys in a couple weeks. Austin and I will at least. You guys will have new hosts almost every week. We're we're a pretty good team. You and I and then the other uh the I, other hosts. I don't like you. <laughs> I think you're a horrible teammate. You have two first names. No, I don't. I have a David middle name. I have a middle name. David Austin Bumpus. Whatever. Let's get out of here. Thanks, guys, for joining us on this episode of Patriots Beat. We'll check you guys out later. Enjoy the beginning of March and enjoy spring training. We'll have some draft analysis or draft, excuse me, draft preview for you guys on our next episode. Bring on some more fun people. But for Austin Bumpus, I'm Harris Rubenstein. You're gonna say Adios. my name on the. You're gonna say my name on the outro. I'm Austin Bumpus, and that's Harris Rubenstein. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>